0: Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly. Welcome everyone to episode 61 of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I'm Caleb Simmons, your host, and I'll be joined by my brother, Joshua Simmons, and another special guest here in just a few moments. But before we dive into today's episode, we just want to continue to thank everyone who continues to listen and rate and review the Death on the Fly podcast. We have gotten so much wonderful feedback here recently, a lot of really great past shows, um, some shows with Joshua and myself, uh, some great interviews like Mr. Tom Rosenbauer and a lot of other great ones. And we're, we're just thrilled to continue to hear from each one of you all of how this podcast has encouraged you how this podcast has inspired you or um, how it's helped you along the way whether it be as a dad or as a fly angler. So thank you all for the great response. We just love that we get to continue to do this. We're excited about some future things. Uh, We're hoping to possibly be at a fly fishing show in January. Uh, We'll be giving some more information out about that as it gets closer. But uh, coming up soon, November the 5th, the dads on the fly are going to be at Orvest in Greenville. And so if you are in the upstate of South Carolina or close to Greenville, South Carolina, we'd love to see You, Uh, we're going to be hanging out at Orvis of Greenville on November fifth. Be doing a little chat on getting your kids in the water, and then doing some Q and A as well, and just hanging out. So come see us. We would love to chat with you. All right, heading into today's episode, we're really excited. We've got Mister Peter Stitcher from Ascent Fly Fishing. Now, Ascent Fly Fishing is a really neat group. They're doing some really great things. They're a really awesome shop uh, out in Colorado, and talk about just taking the science and the biology of bugs and using it to make you a better angler that's what these guys are doing and they're doing a phenomenal job of it so i hope you enjoy this interview with mr peter stitcher we also take the second part of this interview to dive into a little bit more of just peter's story and uh we get into some deep stuff here but um i think it's really impactful and powerful so i hope you'll really lean in to this conversation with mr peter stitcher of ascent fly fishing (laughs)
1: Welcome tonight to, or today, wherever you're catching the Dads on the Fly podcast, episode 61. And we have a special guest tonight. Um, Caleb, this is somebody I met through uh, Instagram, but also through some phone conversations, and it has worked out. Um, I, I first heard about our guest tonight, Peter, from another podcast that I listened to, and I was so sort of just really enamored by his Intellect, I guess is the word, or intelligence on on biology and bugs and flies and how he does his flies. And so uh, we're going to talk about it through the episode, but we want to welcome tonight Mr. Peter Stitcher from Ascent Fly Fishing. So Peter, welcome to Dads on the Fly, man.
2: Hey, Josh and Caleb, thanks for having me. I- I'm intimidated by this intro. I I would be intimidated to talk to me and make me sound pretty intellectual here.
1: I thought you sounded very smart when I listened to you, man.
0: So we're going to just consider the audience, Peter, consider the audience. So, uh, (laughs) so, um, but yeah, man, we are so grateful that you took some time to hang out with us tonight and, uh, give us a little bit more knowledge about, uh, what you do at Ascent and we're excited to learn from you and excited to learn a little bit about, uh, some bugs and some trout biology uh you you got a lot of great things going over there at ascent fly fishing and um but before we dive into all you've got going on with ascent we just want to learn a little bit about you man and about your story and about uh why fly fishing is so important to you so so tell us a little bit about that if we would just kind of your story of getting into fly fishing and why it means so much to you
2: right well um yeah i've been thinking a lot about this podcast because we've done a couple and we talk a lot about bugs but i i like uh your family approach. I like, uh, talking about being a dad and, uh, I think, uh, you know, fly fishing for me kicked off as, as being a son. And, um, it was my mom who initially taught me to fish and it was conventional fishing. And, um, my grandpa then who was, uh, a, a ranger up in Rocky mountain national park in uh, in Colorado, visiting him in the summers and, and, uh, it was a lot of hours uh sitting uh trying to figure stuff out on the side of a stream or, or a lake with with family around me and uh so yeah I think the connection to the water uh, was always tied to family and and then the water was also a place um where I had kind of peace of mind and could could explore and get muddy and um yeah I you know I had a million questions and and there was always something to learn on the water and I met a really great community there. So, um, yeah, I've, the, the water has always drawn me. And uh, so I decided to make it, make a career out of it. I got a couple of degrees uh, that I wasn't using. Uh, first degree was in theology. The other one was in, in missions, And uh, uh, then I started studying counseling in grad school. And, and ultimately, man, I, all I wanted to do is fly fish. And and I was hoping my clients wouldn't show up to their appointments uh, when I was in grad school as a counselor. And I'm like, I, sh- I should be fishing now. So I went back and studied aquatic biology uh, with the idea of if I can learn everything about trout and, and what makes a healthy trout and, uh, and a trophy trout fish in water, I'm going to be a heck of a lot better fly fisherman. So that's what I did. And, and that's what I do.
1: So um, I- I'm just going to ask a, a random question here are there are there many aquatic biology uh programs across the the country i i'm just as a person who studied history <laughs> i just do those. is that a kind of specific thing you have to look for at certain universities or are there more than i know of
2: well you know i uh there i think there's a lot of marine biology yeah. and and there's probably a lot of warm water fresh water uh you know biology but i'm uh, my my focus was some salmonids, so salmon and trout, uh, grilling things like that. And so I think, uh, you know, Oregon State is where I studied, and they certainly uh, uh, have a an excellent program. Uh, Colorado State University also has a really good program for that. And uh, so yeah, it's there, there's a couple out there. I don't think there's many biologists running
0: fly shops though.
1: Oh, I think it's awesome. Oregon State, the home of the the beavers, correct?
0: That's right. That's
1: the beavers, yeah, yeah.
0: I love it, man. Um, yeah, I think you're right. There's not a lot of aquatic biologists out there running fly shops. Uh, most of the fly shop guys I know, uh, you know, if anything, it's business degrees and things like that that kind of help them run businesses. So you're, you've you gotten this awesome degree, and you've learned so much about trout biology, and now you've poured it all into fishing and helping other people be successful at fishing. So tell us a little bit more about what gave you that bug what what was that niche that you kind of wanted to fit there um with your career
2: yeah I I, I kind of you know stumbled into it uh, based on necessity and uh it was when my my second child my daughter Emily was born um before right around when she was one she uh she had some kidney issues and I was working as a biologist I had horrible insurance and uh we thought she was gonna lose a kidney so I was trying to figure out you know how do we how do we pay deductibles and, and do this and and a buddy asked you know what uh, what are the fish biting on in this water uh, you know, in this particular river here in Colorado and I was well, I was one of the biologists that did the studies there we did the restoration work we kind of re, rehab that river and so not only in my head I'm thinking not only are these the bugs that live there these are the life stages this is the size of the nymph this is the species of caddis and they're going to be in the pupa and adult life stages. This is the size and the colors of, of the dominant midge families there. And I built him a fly box and he, uh, he bought those, those bugs. And I, I helped you know pay the, the, the hospital bills. And, and he came back and he had outfished the guides and his fishing buddies with that box. He's like, Hey, I'm fishing here next. And I'm like, well, I, yeah, I can, I can get some data on that. And I built him a box. And uh, pretty soon I started doing that and not on a weekend doing selling flies and tying flies that i'd make more than i did in a month as a biologist so i'm like you know maybe i got the secret sauce after all I love okay
1: that. so this is where i this is where i gotta go down this this is just too cool for me because you know me caleb i just don't know as much about entomology as you do you've been doing a little more research than me right so let's just throw i think our listeners need to understand this ascent fly fishing Builds boxes based on your water, correct? Or kind of clarify, clarify that, okay? You want to ask a follow Yeah, I there? just explain to everybody what is
0: it that sets the scent apart? What are you guys doing that's so great? You're telling that story about building that box for your buddy for the first time, and now you've kind of taken that idea and turned it really into a, a business model in some ways. So, tell us a little bit about what you guys do,
2: right? So I mean, there's a lot of great fly shops with a lot of knowledge, you know, Maggie Valley fly shop in your area, um, Shannon and his crew, they're awesome guys. They know their waters, they know their bugs, but uh, you know, as people are traveling around or maybe they want a single source for like, you know, what are they biting on that? That's the question that we answer. And so what I've done is over the, over nine years of business, we celebrated nine years in business on October 13th.
0: Congratulations.
2: Uh, Hey, thank you. Yeah. We built a database of bugs geeky stuff right you know everything that's been sampled and collected by universities and government agencies in the state and feds we've compiled these databases and so i know which bugs are living across the united states patagonia new zealand i mean we have a lot of data and so someone will hop on our website and they say i got 50 dollars, i'm gonna go fish the deschutes river in oregon third week of july and what we do is is we ask them a couple questions. You know, are you a beginner angler an intermediate? You know, do you do you trust us to to match the hatches as, as as you'll see them, or do you just fish dry flies? Do you just fish nymphs? That they answer a couple questions, and then um, we will build them a fly box for anywhere in the U.S., Patagonia, or New Zealand that is organized by the hatches and the life stages of the bugs on that specific water when they fish it. And we do that for North Carolina. We do that for New Jersey, New York, Oregon, uh, Colorado—you name it—and I mean, uh,
1: yeah, that's just incredible, man. Yeah, I mean, really it's it's so cool. We think we know what to fish, right? And I—I yeah. I mean, I've just—I mean, speak-
0: that's the number one question you ask when you walk into a fly shop. I feel like, like, hey, what do, what are they been hitting on lately? You know, what are they? What are, what are you catching them on lately? And you know, you've got guys that are willing to reveal certain amounts of information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love how you said that there. Uh, and so I think it's really neat. Now you're willing to kind of do this, it, but, and so let me ask that you're not gathering the information on these rivers. You're just compiling the data from all other types of sources. Is that correct?
2: Well, both. So, um, you know, we, we spent uh, two weeks ago, my wife and I were in New Hampshire and Maine and, and we're poking around the streams up there to see what's the, diversity what's uh, there are more mayflies or, 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 or caddis in these sp- specific streams and so you know we're out there gathering some information we are floating on saturday here and we're gathering information but um yeah over time i mean there's a lot of information out there so we do a lot of compiling and uh yeah trout don't speak latin they don't know the names of the flies in your box so exactly what i do is i just want to break it down that it's a menu you got a, a mid row a mayfly row a caddis row all your wets are on one page all your dries are on the other so you can go right to that row, follow that hatch. I want I want people to go out and experience success, and to be successful, you, ne- you need to unlock the knowledge.
1: And that's what I like was so I just gravitated to when I heard what what you do at Ascent Fly Fishing. It's to me that is just for a beginner. Let's say it's a no brainer to me to pick up or to go on your website. And not only do you do what you've said by getting the different stages but you have it broken down well, okay if you're a beginner or if you're an advanced or if you're an intermediate and do you just want to fish flies? i mean you give all these options because i've been on your website to check it out and you give all these options and you say okay here are the flies for you to go on this fishing trip and i and your reviews are great and people have amazing success using your bugs
2: well i think you know our mission i mean what what drives me and, and drives the guys in my shop. I mean, there's a lot of excellent anglers, but I mean, I want I want to hire people that really see other people, mm. that hear their story. So, I mean, our mission is threefold, and this is what drives us. It's you know, first of all, we share the water. I mean, for us, the river, our shop, um, how we greet people in the shop is it's a place of belonging and where we all belong, where we all experience life or God or healing or family in a different way. And our, our, our desire is to help you help to facilitate, you know, your experience on the river. So we share the water, we share the knowledge. Um, Yeah. I don't need to, you know, geek out and say a bunch of, you know, Latin names uh, in, you know, that that would kill this podcast really quick. But what I want to do is I want to break down maybe my unique understanding of the water and fish into a way that's going to help you engage fly fishing and, have a better day than last year, have a better season than last year, um, you know, catch that, you know, I'll, people come to Colorado and I'll, I'll drop pins on seven different species of trout within an hour of here so they can really, uh, you know, share that knowledge and, and share the water. So we share share the water, we share knowledge, and then we share life. And uh, and uh, there's a lot lot of reasons we fly fish. Um, there's a lot of things that the people are looking for uh, when they come into our shop. And and fly fishing is just kind of the medium where where we share life.
0: Man, that is so great, uh, and I love the way that you're sticking to that that mission. And it really is impressive the way you're you're about people. Um, that that's the heart of your mission, and that I find that really refreshing um, from from what you do. Uh, a lot of experience I've had with anglers in general is. is I think there's a lot of hesitancy to share knowledge and to share, share the water and to share a lot of things because everybody's scared of burning their spot or burning their secret tricks and their secret tips. And I think what you guys are doing is just really, really special. You're trying to set people up for success. And um, I mean, I don't don't know why we can't all do that a little better. I mean, I understand some of the, the reason behind wanting to not give away maybe too much information in some places, but, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too much of an open book for people because I'm kind of like you, I'm like, let's, let's share it, man. Let's let other people go out and find success and find what I've found on the water.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and I think, you know, man, that's, that's a big question. Why, why the hesitancy? Why, why, uh, are some shops really open and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I, I would say Shannon, the guys at Maggie Valley, again, just great example just downriver from you guys, I mean, awesome educators, some of the nicest people you'll meet. And uh, I mean, I, I could see myself just hanging out in that shop talking to them for hours. Other shops, you go in, you get the side eye, and you feel like they're they're sizing you up for how many able reels they can sell you. And if they can't, that's it, right?
0: And we don't wear nice enough clothes to other get the good attention there. <laughs>
2: just I, I don't either. Yeah, but uh, I think you know it's it's a spirit of, um, sparsity, right? Like I I need to hold on to this. I, you know, some shops are all about trying to, to get that commission, get that guide fee before they tell you where to go fish. Like it's all about what can I get? Um, man, I feel really blessed even though, you know, my shop for the last nine years has been, you know, based out of, out of my home, you know, we'll have 500 guys on a weekend when we do an event. But so, uh, you know, I still feel blessed even though it's, maybe we, we don't, you know, check off all the measures of success standard to this business. Um, we have an awesome community and, uh, because I feel so blessed, man, I, I'm, I'm happy to share. So
1: let's, let's talk about deeper. what you just said there. Um, cause I, I, uh, follow you on Instagram and, uh, I've seen what you do. You do a, like a pop-up shop, correct? Like right out of your is it like it's like your garage correct like you just people yeah. just swing by and get what they need right
2: well sometimes so yeah we we have 55 full-time fly tires we tie about 2,500 dozen flies a week and and we keep about 600,000 bugs here at the, at the shop but 600,000 um,
0: 600,000
2: wow. yeah um
1: i won't lose that many in one fishing trip i think i think that might <laughs> la- i might not put that many in tree free that <laughs>
0: might that might last joshua year Well, we,
2: uh, what we've invested in is, um, we invest in our tires. We invest in our community. Uh, we invest in our fly tires families and, and that has required us to, to choose, you know, man, maybe we're not going to buy a building right away. Maybe we're not going to put seven grand a month into rent. Um, today we did make an offer on a building, which we're hoping comes through. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, we we've had this kind of uh, guerrilla marketing model where I can break down all those flies, all of our gear within an hour and a half. We'll drive across Denver and we'll set up uh, where there's a tap house and food trucks. We'll do an event there for two days, or we'll go to a show, or you know, we used to you know partner with different fly fishing companies and and yeah, the 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 fly fishers follow us and uh, it's grown to an awesome community we got about seventy-five thousand people a week to get our newsletter and and uh yeah they're they are what we do and why we do it
0: that's great man i love you know that's the thing that's drawn us into the sport so much as the community um we've been able to experience that a lot through this podcast here in the last year or so and uh it, it's really neat the the great people that exist in this community. And it has been so special to me. Um, I've been impacted and and affected in a very positive way because of the people that we get to meet through this awesome sport that we love. So um, you mentioned, I'd love to hear a little bit more though about your, your company and then I want to dive, we're going to take a break here in a little bit and dive into some more stuff about you. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about Ascent. Tell us a little bit. You, you said you really try to invest in your tires and you were telling us a little bit off air about your tires. So do you mind diving a little bit deeper into, um, who your tires are and how you're trying to invest in them and how you really see it as, as is in some ways like a mission you, you were kind of telling us earlier.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the reason that I got into kind of commercial fly tying and, 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 you know, utilizing my degree uh, as, as part of a fly fishing business was to to support my family, to provide opportunity, to provide health care for my family. And, uh, and and that's the same uh, with fly tires around the world. Um, most flies, I'd say, you know, 90 plus percent of commercially tied flies are tied in, in Thailand, Sri Lanka, or Kenya. And there's been a fly fishing tradition in Kenya for almost 100 years. And so, um, about two hours from the, the fulling mill factory that ties Orvis's flies in 2014. I uh, I opened my first factory with two tires and a manager. And, and that has grown to uh, two factories with with 55 full-time employees now. And um, in, in a country where it's got 75% unemployment, uh, fly tying is, is an artisanal, really good job. And uh, I don't know how other companies do it, but um, you know what I wanted was my daughter to have health care, so you know her kidney can get fixed. So we provide interest-free micro loans, covering health care for our tires and their families. Um, they can draw whatever they need out of it, and maybe over six months, you know, ten cents a dozen, they'll just tie off um, that that amount, and then it goes back into the into the pot. Um, yeah, we have a a profit share, uh, so six percent of of the flies uh sales go right back to, to tires every quarter and uh yeah we just feel like i mean this isn't this shouldn't be a, a paycheck to paycheck thing i want their kids to go to school i want their kids to go to college um i want them to to advance and uh over nine years uh i mean our managers our, our primary manager's daughter now she's she's wrapping up law school and within one generation from i mean gosh maybe two generations from the village to, to law school I mean that's our trajectory of success is, is seeing our tires and their families uh prosper. So there's no uh buying a building and 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 picking up big, you know, big lines for me without, you know, sharing that blessing with them. So we've we're gonna invest in our people first and, and then we'll invest in in our, our business here.
0: That's incredible. And I love the way I, I mean, I think a lot of businesses could learn from that and uh and being effective. I feel like I feel like the more you take care of your people the more success you're going to have um in, in business in the long haul you may not get there as fast as you want to but i think it's going to help you a lot longer in the long haul so um just kudos to you for for being willing to do that for being willing to invest in the people that are that are helping you um be a success and so i think that's really great and you're paying those people in, in kenya a living wage they're um they've got great jobs over there because of what you've set up and so i, I think that's i think it's awesome i really love that i, I just well, can't oh go ahead sorry yep
2: Oh, no, they, and they take pride in their work. I mean, they yeah. work hard, they tie great flies. And so I'm happy to say, yeah, I'll back everything up. They tie with a hundred percent quality guarantee because, uh, I love what they do. I love them. And, and my kids love their kids. Like, yeah, That's great. It's, it's have you had the awesome. opportunity to go over there? Yeah. So last awesome. time was pre COVID, but yeah, my kids, I mean, last time they spoke better Swahili than I did. Wow. And, I mean, I I didn't know where they're at half the time, but I just I knew the whole community is watching them, so you know, they'd be out whenever they come back.
0: That is really cool, man. I love that, and I love that. I love you've been over there and been able to invest in that. That is really neat. Uh
1: I I know we don't we're gonna take a break in just a second. I don't want to nerd out too bad here. Well, I would love to. I, I gotta so. ask what well, you you <laughs> me and you were thinking the same thing. Yeah, we gotta ask at least. I don't know. Do we pick? One bug, maybe, or one—is that what you were thinking, Caleb? So here's
0: what I want (laughs) to ask you to do, Peter: like, teach us a little bit about, and go ahead and feel free to nerd out some. You know, maybe don't teach us any Latin, but nerd out a little bit on how you guys are. I mean, you know, I know obviously, like, emergent stage of bugs and the life cycle of a mayfly or caddisfly and such of that nature. Yeah, just pick one. So, okay. So teach us, what are you doing? Like if I, we were going to say, Hey, and I did want to ask this before we even asked this question. Do you provide the information without people like purchasing the flies? Like if somebody wanted to go yes. on there and say, Hey, I want to tie some flies for this area, but I'm not really sure what to tie. Do you provide that knowledge as well?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I'm happy to just provide knowledge and there's never a hard sell, um, you know, to, to buy bugs. Uh, you know, people come in and say, Hey, I think we're used to going into a shop and saying, I'll pay $40. Can I get some information? I'll buy $40 of the stuff. But I'll look at their fly box and I'll be like, you only need $6 with the flies. This is where (laughs) you need to fish." So you don't ever need to buy stuff. Um, So yeah, you can email me. You can text us. um, All that's, uh, yeah, happy to help. Um,
0: That'd be great. All right. So, yeah. So, so my next question, teach us something about uh, maybe even a river out here in North Carolina. Maybe the most common.
1: What's the most, what bug lives? Across the United States.
2: We among the common under the common name, under the umbrella of blueing olive, yeah, we have a multitude of species, and they're in forty-eight states. So that wing olive, spring hatch and fall hatch in most most areas, and live water, free swimming mayfly. Um spring generations generally gonna be a little bit bigger bug, a little bit bigger flies to imitate it, around a size eighteen. Six months later. Those nymphs are coming out of the water. Again, second generation, generally around that 22 to 24, 20 to 24 range. A little smaller in the fall. But that's, uh, yeah, that, that's hamburger for trout. It's everywhere. Everybody eats it. And uh, blooming olives.
0: Is that the most common fly you're sending to people?
2: Well, I mean, there's a number of fly patterns that, that can certainly match a blooming olive. A pheasant tail. Yeah. yeah, fish that in a size 18 to 22, depending on the season. Awesome blueing all imitation. Fish it a little bigger, you got a sulfur. Fish it you know, a little bigger, you got a green drake. So it's a super versatile pattern that's going to get the job done for a lot of hatches.
0: My brother's in here laughing right now because he's just no. going out about how I, much knowledge he doesn't have about this stuff. You are so like, right laughing about this. right now because he's cause, like,
1: wow, I have no idea. I just tie because <laughs> I've been tying for, what are we in? We're in October, right? So I've yeah, for about tied ten months, almost ten months, and it's really bad. But today I had some success with my fly, so I was pretty pumped about it. But I don't know all; <laughs> I just tie what I know works, what you tell me to tie. Um, and so I just, man, yeah, imagine, the knowledge, imagine I the success you had today.
0: Imagine what the success could have been. I know <laughs> if I knew what I was supposed yeah.
1: to tie, so yeah. that is just incredible. And I would encourage all of our listeners to reach out to Peter via uh, Instagram or just send them an email. And first of all, get one of these boxes or, you know, if you're a tire, find out what to tie. Yeah. Where you live.
0: I think really too, being able to get that information from you and especially like for, I mean, I just got back from a trip to Colorado and, uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not hitting you up and being like, Hey man, hook me up with a box while I'm out there. Um, and, and telling me what to do. I, I should have done that. And I think from now on, especially anytime we travel, because you can get online and you can Google and you can try to figure out all the best stuff you can. and um, But I think going to somebody like you that's got a lot of research and a lot of knowledge behind why you're saying what you're saying is extremely important.
2: And Yeah, love to help. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always free beer in the shop. So even if you just want to come by and, like, look at maps and talk about bugs. Come by and drink a beer with us and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you come by the shop next time. So,
0: so yeah, where, where exactly is the best, where, where is that? Where's that shop?
2: So, you know, we're in Littleton right now and, and hopefully, uh,
0: man, I'm so, uh, I'm so sad. I drove right by, <laughs> like I should have come and seen you. Uh, I'm, yeah, hope, I'm regretting that. Our,
2: our offer went out for the new shop building an hour ago. So hopefully we'll we'll be moving in, in uh, the next couple months. But we'll keep you posted.
0: Yeah, man, we we would definitely. I'm hoping to make my Colorado trip an annual thing, and I will definitely make sure to stop by next time I'm out there.
1: Yeah, please do. Yeah, man. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and uh, talk to Peter just about his life as a dad and how he um, you know, fly fishes, and also as a father, and more about what he talks about in in his words, of getting people to just feel like they belong in the fly fishing industry. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with that. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Maggie Valley Fly Shop. Located in the heart of Maggie Valley, the shop offers guide trips and top-of-the-line gear and apparel for all your fly fishing needs. Yeah, Shannon and his
0: crew over at the Maggie Valley Fly Shop just opened this October. They're already making a great impact here in western North Carolina. So if you're taking a trip to the Great Smoky Mountains or anywhere in western North Carolina, make sure to give them a shout for a guided trip or go see them for any of your fly fishing needs. You can also check them out online at maggievalleyflyshop.com. And we are back with Mr. Peter Stitcher from Ascent Fly Fishing. Peter, thanks again for being with us. You've been teaching us a lot about bugs, um, a lot about what you do at Ascent, and just want to encourage people to check you out. Um, and so before we go any further in this podcast, where's the best place to find you online for people to to shoot you and ask questions, uh, shoot you a message and find out more about Ascent Fly Fishing?
2: Right. Well, yeah. So AscentFlyFishing.com and uh, that's that's the best way. So we've... All the podcasts we've been on, all the videos we've done, all the articles I've written, we, uh, when you get on our website, you'll get a prompt. You'll see a video about us and get a prompt to receive our newsletter. And, and every week we, we send out a new podcast, a new article, a new video. that breaks down the science of what's happening in that season. How do you fish it? And we also do like 20% off on, on the hatches that are working that season. So that's a great way to stay in touch. Um, on Instagram, I'm not great at DMs, but some of my team are. Uh, you can definitely follow us and see what's going on and uh and then you can come join us in the shop uh beer is always free information is always free and we'd love to share some space and hear your story and uh and help you engage the water i
1: think, we I, think I think we need more locations <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good gig i think we need more locations but yeah, uh no, so uh we'll we'll just dive in a little bit man this is dads on the fly and i know you had reached out uh, we through our communication just talking um, you were kind of excited about what we do here at Dads on the Fly and, uh, as a father yourself, um, just wanted to give you a chance to talk about what it means to, uh, to you to be a father, but also to, you know, be a father who's a fly fisher and how, how you connect those two.
2: Yeah. I mean, for, for me, fly fishing, I think there was a season in my life, like a lot of guys where fly fishing was about ego, was about catching big fish, was about making a name um but uh you know sometimes as you're doing that you, you learn pretty fast how small you are and and life kicks you in the teeth and and, and it makes you reevaluate and reevaluate family is certainly something i spent a lot of time doing over the last couple of years um so fly fishing for me is, is more and more become a a medium for relationship um it's uh it's a place where uh um, you know we can be vulnerable where you know we can affirm each other where um, we can share space to to heal, to process, and and I, I share that with my sons, and and I share that with my parents as a son. Um, and uh, if I think if you have eyes for it, if you have if your heart's open to it, a lot of people are are looking to share, are looking to engage, are looking to um, find someone to to hear them and to to tell them it's going to be all right. And, and, and our kids do that. And, uh, man, I got examples of that every day in the shop. So, yeah, uh, that's what, that's what fly fishing is for me is, is a way to to walk with people in life. And I, and I love that.
0: And so you've got, uh, two kids, is that right? They're 12 and 10. Yeah. I think you were telling us off air a little while ago. Um, yeah, my
2: daughter's 10, my, my son's 12 and, uh, both little river pirates and
0: so what does that um, look like? What does that mean?
2: Yeah, so you know here in Colorado when we're on the raft um, on the Colorado River the the Amtrak runs by twice a day. It heads west at 11 and it heads east at about one o'clock. And from the first time my kids could could you know hold on to the rope on the front of the raft, I taught them that when that Amtrak comes by you got to moon it. so <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's river culture, you know, you, you moon it.
0: River pump. That's great. <laughs> you you learn how to make
2: fires and you know, you can play with the fire as much as you want. The river's right there. And uh, and we learn to whittle and, and and around these fires and around the fish and around the river, um, we talk about life, we talk mm. about emotion, we talk about disappointment and hope, and uh and that's where we have some of our, our best meaningful conversations.
0: Do you feel like uh fishing in the river is is a good teaching tool for you as a dad
2: it is um you know i uh i think my tendency and this comes from being a son and and probably a wounded son we all got bad wounds right um mm. where shoot they try to do their best but it's it's, it's never what we need or, or when we need it and um i my my uh tendency is to strive to work harder to, to put in more effort and, uh, you know, one of the the lessons that the river has been teaching me and I've been passing on to my kids the last couple of seasons is, is being held is being carried is stop striving, stop rowing against it. And, and just trust that the river or for me, I mean, my, my faith is, is kind of, you know, been reborn in the last few years is, is be held and be carried that, that, you know, there is good intention and there is love that is true of you. And you just gotta trust that and be held and carried sometimes. So that's that's something I've been sharing with my kids this season and and the lesson that I learned on the river.
0: And I love that. Um we we could probably go miles on that train of thought right there. But uh do you feel like um I know this is true for me. And I hope as my sons get older that we have more opportunities for this, but I just feel like, and you were saying this, it's just easier to have those conversations on the water or around the water.
2: Well, I think as men in general, we, we do better opening up and and having honest conversations around some sort of activity. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot going on on the river. I mean, uh, you know, if I was on the river with, with a buddy and, and, and my right hand man in the fly shop, um, this last Saturday. And, um, yeah, it's this mix of, you know, I'm lining up the the drifts with the oars and, uh, you know, they're casting flies and I'm, we're encouraging each other by, Hey, you idiot. You missed the spot. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Now there's a little bit of that, you know, Josh and, um, yeah, we're, we're challenging each other and then we break into, man, this is hard. And, you know, I'm dealing with, with this with my wife or, this at work and and uh, the river is a safe spot to do that where you're not just staring in each other's eyes. I mean that's a little awkward, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what is about the river, but yeah, it's uh, it's safe there. It's safe.
1: Well, I think you said it. It's the experience. I mean, even sometimes the drive to the river, even sometimes the drive back. The, uh, I mean, just sitting taking off your waders or sitting you know taking off your boots at the end of the at the end of the trip and just sitting and it does lead to deeper conversations and I think sometimes as as guys and gentlemen you know it's just being outside and even with my daughter this past weekend just being outside with her it leads to conversations that you don't maybe have when you're on the couch and 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 I appreciate that and I respect it and I I know that it's going to be different and so I I come to kind of realize that and and because of that, i become maybe more intentional to make those events happen. And, and what do you do to make, you know, you say you float down that river there in Colorado. What do you do to make that happen with your kids, man? What, what do you, do you set aside some time to where, you know, you can get them out on the water?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I, I do a one-on-one with both of my kids every year and I let them kind of determine, you know, what that's going to look like. So. Are we going to canoe across a reservoir and then hike and, and camp on the other side? Are we going to do a two-day trip on the river and raft? Um, are we gonna Are we gonna backpack? And so, um, yeah, we do that. And so this year, my son and I we backpacked up to some lakes uh, at around treeline, and uh, that's about 11,000 feet here. And as we're we're walking, like, oh, the trail's closed. So that means. We're we're looking at the compass and we're going cross country for, for three miles and and we're picking mushrooms along the way to cook with dinner. And, you know, he's choosing the flies to fish and and we're talking about you know the conversation is we're, we're talking is about uh, the desire to belong. He's entering middle school and kids are starting to separate into this is my sport. This is who I am. These are the games I play. This is how I dress. This is who I am. This is the music I listen to. This is who I am. And I was able to speak to them like all these people are wanting to belong. They're wanting to be told that they matter, that their story matters, that their lives matter, that they have a voice. And I'm like, that's the same way in the fly shop. Every time somebody shows me a picture of their fish, I've seen a million fish, but what they're saying is, is am I part of your club? You know, am am I good enough to to share this space with you? And so I, I celebrate every five inch fish and and i will look at a, a million more fish pictures because i want them to know they belong and so yeah it's just a great segue to to speak life and belonging and, and i want my son and my daughter to be wholehearted people that see the actual people around them that appreciate they're never going to meet a mere mortal that's something that c.s lewis said you're yeah. never going to meet a mere mortal and uh, so there is value in their story and uh yeah that's that's what we do on the river,
1: man. That is so powerful that, and I don't think Caleb, we've ever really touched on that much on this show. That you know, I I teach middle school and, and Caleb's a, a pastor, and it it is it's, it's so much truth to that that people just want to belong. Mm. And in the fly fishing world, I've never really thought of it that way. But you know, you start out as that guy who walks in the fly shop and doesn't have a clue what you're doing, and and then you just want to talk your game like you know what you're doing and and then when you get off the river you want to talk like well we caught this many fish but but man what does it mean and i think that's so powerful what you said peter just to let everyone know that hey you belong and in our case um as believers you know you belong to a, gr- a greater thing that god's created you for a purpose and and i think that you know peter you, you've obviously found your purpose and i think it's awesome what you're doing and um as you continue to strive and, and your kids and, and strive to figure out what they're doing. And we, as dads, we figure out what, what is our kids purpose? You know, what do what do our kids want to do? And to keep doing those different experiences with them, like you're saying, and getting them out in different kind of areas of life until they figure out. But man, I've never just really thought of that on the show. And that's, that's so cool. Just really, everybody's just trying to kind of fit in and belong. And maybe that seems kind of sad in some ways, but in other ways, it's just our human nature that we want to kind of, kind of belong
0: well I, th- I think it's just proof of the, what we were created for i mean we were created for community um we were created for that sense of belonging and um i think it's cool that you're seeing able you're able to see that through what you've set up through ascent um you know you, you've i don't know i, I guess guys are kind of weird about talking that kind of stuff sometimes um we're kind of weird about talking about relationships and 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 community and connections with other guys. But, um, you know, as much as we hate thinking about it, uh, we need it.
2: We need it. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I think all of us, you know, in walking into certain fly shops, we've, we felt like we don't belong yeah. when you, when, yeah. And, and that's not saying anything about us. That's just what that's showing us is the the sparsity, the, the inability of those people to, to really meet us where we're at. Um, yeah. And so when people come into our shop, I mean, I, I, my guys, they stand up, they shake their hand and and they, they get to know their name. Like, what is your name? And, and when they leave, we thank them. There's a lot of places you could have bought flies today. Um, there's a lot of places you could have spent your time, but you chose to, to come here and we appreciate you sharing your story and your time with us. And, uh, I mean, out of the blue, like today I had uh, an older gentleman come in and I asked, what are you, what are you guys looking for? And like, we don't know. And I'm like, where are you fishing? He's like, my dad died and we need to put flies in his coffin
1: because wow. he
2: loved fly fishing. And, and then it, and you stop and you're not selling them stuff. You're not pushing a rod and you just, I mean, I can look at him and I've experienced loss and I can just say, man, I am. I am so sorry for your loss. Tell me about him. Tell me about his love for fly fishing. And he's talking about fishing with his dad. And we pick him out two flies. It cost two dollars and fifty cents. But I don't, I don't care. I would have given him the flies. I, I, was, I like. Thank you for, for sharing your story and sharing about your dad. And uh, he sounded like a great guy. And I'm glad you guys to experienced the river together. And uh, so we picked out two flies for him. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the last time I ever see him. He's from Iowa. But I'm like, hey, thank you for coming in here today and sharing your story with us. And there's value in that. And there's value in him. And I appreciate him sharing that And and that time of sorrow. Um, And I hope that he finds healing next time he goes to the river. He he fishes those two flies and he thinks of his dad.
1: I just think that... um... Do you uh little feedback there? Um, do you talk about what is so important and I think too often we miss that, man. We we're out there trying to catch fish or we're out there trying (laughs) who can catch the most fish or who can catch the biggest fish and you know it's really about the people you're with. And in that case you just said it just having a sense of community. And Caleb and I have really worked hard to try to build a sense of community amongst dads. And uh we're we're happy to continue to grow that. And uh we're blessed to have you tonight with us, man, just talking about how you do that in Colorado. And I I just can't get over the fact that you've done it in a way that has reached people and you've kind of put people first and that, that's what I've heard throughout this entire episode that you've really focused on the people and then and then you've been blessed through it.
2: You know and I, that's that's not always true. I mean, I get anxious about the money and frustrated that the winds blowing, I mean, we do a pop-up sale and the winds blowing flies across the yard and I'm like, god, how Dang. long do I have to be <laughs> doing tough. it like this? Yeah. I'm so tired. But um this is this is the chapter I'm in right now and and, uh, yeah, sometimes I miss the people because I get caught up with my own stuff. But, but some days I, I see them and, uh, and I can love them. And I'm, man, we're a ragtag bunch in our shop. We got, we got high school kids that we're, we're talking about learning to be wholehearted and, and speak what you need in a relationship and what a girlfriend's not going to provide for you. Like, you're already loved. You're already a great guy. You don't need someone else to tell you that. And, and we got guys with parents with Parkinson's and guys working through addiction recovery. And we're just, a, we're a bunch of messy guys and, and gals figuring it out. But man, I appreciate them sharing that with me and, you know, as best as we can, we'll hold that space for each other and we'll figure it out and, and we'll, we'll catch some fish along the way.
0: Man, I love that. Um, you know, Peter, you, you mentioned a few moments back and I don't know how comfortable or deep you want to dive into this but i'd love to hear a little bit more about you said over the last few years i think that um you kind of really your faith has really been just kind of reignited and uh i'd love for you to talk about that if you're comfortable with it
2: yeah i think uh you know the the name that i i been trying to build for myself. Like, you know, if you think about rods, you're going to think about sage. If you think about waders, you'll think about Sims. I had this idea that if you wanted to learn how to fly fish, you would, you would think about ascent fly fishing. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of ego and there was kind of a desire to belong that was really tied into that. And, um, and so I would, uh, travel a lot speaking at the fly fishing shows and, and, meeting a lot of great English around the U S and, and really striving to put myself out there and, and, and do it differently and make money and make a name and, um, you know, experience some really deep loss, um, with the ending of, of my first marriage a couple years ago. Um, you know, due to, to choices outside of my control in large part, but it really made me reevaluate, um, yeah, what uh, what this is about, and uh, and uh, a couple people in my life uh, you know met me in those really dark times of loss, and, and they they affirmed that you know, you are seen and you've done enough and you're known and you're loved apart from all this fly fishing, apart from scent fly fishing, apart from being uh, a great angler. And, uh, and and I was able to receive that then and I couldn't before. And so, um, yeah, my kids became a priority then and my relationships became a priority then and self-care became a priority then. Um, learning to, to put down the camera from Instagram and having to do posts about bugs and just allow myself to float. I think that, that first month, separation, man, I floated 150 miles and I didn't lift a rod once. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I came to believe that, man, I'm, I'm a good man and I'm loved, you know? And, and it was, it was God that said that about me that had said that all along and, uh, and our community is diverse. Um, there's people of, of many faiths and orientations and backgrounds and hurts and hopes, and they're all welcome there um they're all welcome in our community and uh and and you know the dads and the addicts and just the horrible casters and my trans <laughs> clients and everybody man i uh, i appreciate them that they would they would share those minutes with us and uh yeah i mean all all i can do is parrot you know um i found healing on the water i I felt like God showed me he was carrying me there and uh, whatever you need the water to be, whatever you need fly fishing to be, you know, that moment in my shop, what you need it to be, we'll try to meet you there. We can't always do it, but um, that's, that's the belonging. That's the, that's the sharing the water. That's the sharing the knowledge. That's the sharing life. It comes from, I feel seen and known now. And, and I hope to express that and share that with others.
0: Thanks for sharing that. I know that's maybe not the easiest thing to talk about, but I really appreciate you being vulnerable and, um, talking to us a little bit more about that. Cause I think a lot of guys, w- we do all struggle with that, with that identity. Um, I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in our identity being what we do instead of just who we are. Um, in fact, that you're saying, you know, we, we are good enough, uh, you know, in, in our faith, we're, we're only good enough through Jesus. And, um, because the fact that he has done what he's done for us and, um, so we are loved. We are, we matter. And, uh, it's a, that's a big thing to be reminded of. And, um, so I appreciate you sharing that.
2: You know, it's, I, I had a long pause when you asked that, cause it is scary to to go to that spot yeah. to share that stuff out loud with the community. Um, you know, I'm going to put this on our website. We'll, we'll share it in our newsletter. And so the 75,000 people will get an opportunity to hear this. And it's like, you know what, but, But with that, I hope they know, and they've experienced in my shop or every interaction with the guys and our gals in our shop, like there isn't judgment there Mm. and, uh, there is no expectation that they need to do anything for us or yeah, it's, uh, it's just appreciation and it's, it's a hope to share hope. And, uh, yeah, this is my story and it's different than theirs and my hearts are different than theirs, but, but we all want to belong. We all want to be seen. And, uh. Yeah, uh, I, I hope that that our community and our space is a safe space for them to share their story, to be seen, and uh and hopefully we can enjoy catching
0: some fish together. I love it, man.
1: Yeah, man, what a what a great thing. I mean, just in what we do, what you do, in as a pastor, and what I do as a teacher is just to let. I mean, I let kids. I try to let kids know every day, and I've tried to do better this in in recent in recent years as I've grown up and matured. That you know they are special, and and as you just said. Everybody is special in their own way, and they are created in, in God's image to do to do great things. And just to remind them of that, um, no matter what those great things are, and those great things are different from other people. And, and I think too too many times, and I just want to echo what you said: we get called up and we have to do it this way, or it has to look like this, or we we get this pressure, or we're intimidated that it has to be to be this. And and um, you know, and we all do that in all lines of work, and all lines of everything in fly fishing, or even just in our jobs and careers. Like we have to this is what the world says we have to be. Um, and uh, I just want to appreciate, I just want to say thank you, man, for for bringing that to this podcast tonight. And uh, before we close, I just want to remind everybody, AscentFlyFishing.com, correct, Peter? Yes. AscentFlyFishing at, um, on Instagram. We will put all this in our show notes. And uh, folks, I'm just telling you right now, if, if you're fly fishing and you're a beginner or an advanced intermediate Somewhere in between. You owe it to yourself to get a box of bugs where you're going to fish. I mean, it just makes so much sense. I can't believe I've never thought about this before until I heard about Peter on a, another podcast list too. So, Peter, we appreciate here at Dads on the Fly for you taking your time this evening to speak with us, and uh, we are excited um, for all that Ascent Flash fishing is going to do in the future and uh, what you guys are going to keep keep growing and keep uh, spreading out and getting great bugs in the hands of English.
2: well thank you so much for having me on guys it was great to to, to meet you and to meet your community and uh yeah any way that whoever's listening to this and, and whenever they hear this if uh in a way we can encourage you and empower you um uh, to engage the water or, or your or your kids we are happy to do so and uh if you're in colorado in the denver front range we'd love it if you, you'd come by the shop and hang out with us and we'll look at flows. We'll look at your fly boxes. We'll look at uh, hash charts and, and, and maps and, and we'll map you, you know, a nine species trout tour with hot springs and breweries in between. And, uh, and if you don't need any bugs, man, we'll shake your hand as you leave and, and give you a free decal and a beer. And, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate your presence,
0: man. You are speaking my brother's language right now, and I'm sure he's probably looking at prices to Colorado. So, um, man, we, we want to get out there. We'll, We'll hopefully get out there to see you guys, but Peter, thank you for your time. And, uh, and thank you for your willingness to be open and, uh, and honest about some things. And, um, we just can't thank you enough for being willing to share your story. And so everyone out there, thanks for listening tonight and until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through faith, family, and fishing all on the fly. Make sure to check us out at dadsonthefly.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dads on the Fly. Shoot us a message as we always love hearing from you all. If you'd like to check out any Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. And as always, if you can, leave us a rating or review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, tight lines.